Manx Radio Podcasts, powered by Shaw. Women Today. Faster my good afternoon. It's just coming up to six minutes past two and this is Women Today with me, Christy Dehaven. And today we have another of our special Conister Rocks biographical programmes where we talk to some of the island's best known and most interesting personalities. We find out about their lives and the music that means something to them. And today we are delighted to be joined by a woman who hails from Russia but has lived in Latvia, Slovakia, Malta and Italy before eventually moving to the island in 2005. Her incredible artistic talent has propelled her from small exhibitions in local galleries to high-profile portrait commissions on display in permanent collections around the world. She says that she's proud to have never compromised her artistic style or moral principles. She has a talent for decorating cakes and she can now boast the talent of Living Master. You have the title of Living Master. Svetlana Cameron, thank you so much for being with us today. What is it like to be a Living Master? Uh, First of all, Thank you very much, Christy, for inviting me here. Uh, it's, a, it's an honor to be here today. Uh, um, thank you for the invitation. Thank you for everyone who will be listening to this program. Uh, the title of Living Master, uh, yeah, uh, it's um, it's amazing. It, it's been my, um, <clears throat> I can't say my dream, but let's say professional, professional dream, professional goal. Um, I discovered this um, an institution called the... Um, Art Renewal Center in America that started the movement of reviving traditional art and it was um, uh, helping the artists who work in the style of classical realism to um, to showcase their works, to compete for prizes, to get known to collectors and galleries and um, I've been wanting to be associated with that um, institution for many years before I even had the courage to submit something to their competitions. And uh, finally last year I was brave enough to send my portfolio to them. I was successful in their competitions for a few years in a row, which which uh, kind of encouraged me to, to try. And um, I sent them my portfolio, they reviewed it, and um, they, <clears throat> they have three steps of uh, recognition for artists. And they gave me the second title, so I skipped the first step straight away. <laughs> so you have, they have associate master, uh, so, uh, sorry, uh, ARC living artists, um, associate living masters, and then full living master. When you that's the the ultimate top. Uh, so I I got on the, the second step straight away, which was amazing. So my works are now um, permanently represented on their online museum and um, appear in their catalogues and um, so I get all the I, I get to promote my events to the worldwide audience for example through through their newsfeed uh, so that's amazing to be recognized by experts um, in America that deal with the best artists in the world is is an honor just um, incredible pleased, and especially yeah. because and we'll find out more about this a, a little bit later but to be honest you've not actually been doing this for very long either no uh, uh, I it's including my training years. It I've been doing it for about fifteen years, um, which I don't know. It may may sound like a long time or not very long time, depending on how you look at it. But this is not something I've been doing 
since early childhood. Mm -hmm. You know, when I read other artists' biographies, they they write uh, that they were born with a pencil in their hand and they knew they wanted to be artists from the age of five. And I think how wonderful it must be to, to know that because I didn't know I could draw till I was about 22. Um, uh, so, um, yes, uh, compared to other artists, I'm a relative latecomer to the art world. Well, we'll find out how you actually got involved in it a little bit later. But um, I did mention the cake decorations. I have to ask, are they as intricate and detailed as your as your portraits? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you ask me what talents I have apart from painting. And um, yeah, it's uh, I love cooking and I like baking cakes and decorating them. That, that probably <laughs> can be mentioned as a, as a talent. I don't know. Can you call it a talent? Yes, definitely. I can't do it. So I think it's a talent. And it's, it's just nice for people to know as well that, you know, you are a rounded person. It's not just about you sort of sitting in a studio all the time. I I like creative, crafty things. I was a very crafty child. I had, I don't know, 10 different hobbies probably throughout my childhood, and they were all creative. It was sewing, knitting, lace making, wood carving, um, drawing and painting too, but they they did not stand out as something special. It was just part of my activities. Uh, So I grew up doing all that, and I always made presents for my mum and my relatives. They they were always made by by me and, and... um, but I did not uh, want that to be my career. I didn't, didn't even cross my mind when I was a child that I would have a creative career. Um, well, because in fact, um, initially you actually thought you you might end up being a musician, didn't you? Because you spent seven years playing the piano. Was that something you, that you thought at one point, I may do this uh, for uh, a career? Yes, I was very, very um, enthusiastic about piano and music in general. I I was desperate to go to the music school and and my parents supported me and I spent seven years playing the piano but um, after about three or four years I I as I was growing uh, up and becoming more self-aware and I could look at people around me I I just came to the realization that I did not have musical talent I, I did not have amazing performance skills I my voice wasn't anything special and uh, I, I had a, f- I, I was very nervous on stage, which you know is, is not a good thing for a, for a musician. Well. <laughs> so, um, and I, I hoped I would grow out of it, but it just didn't go with age. And at, at a certain point, I, I realized that I'm not going to be a musician. Uh, so my um, enthusiasm kind of went downhill and, and then disappeared completely. But I, I really, really love music. I appreciate music. I'm glad music was a big part of my childhood. I, I have absolutely no regrets. I think it made me um, uh, a sort of more, uh, what do you say, well, well-rounded, all-round. Yeah. Uh, it made me a better educated person because I learned about composers. I learned music theory. I, I don't think it was a waste of time. It was wonderful. But it didn't become my career. And then after that, uh, in my mid-teens, I got interested in languages. Mm-hmm. I had a good teacher, the English teacher, who spotted my ability to learn foreign languages, and she started encouraging me and pushing me towards uh, that and, and to, uh, to, a, to a more advanced level. And I developed a really strong interest. Uh, and after school, I chose to study languages. I went to university. I spent five years studying languages on a very, very advanced level. Uh, I, my major subject was English. 
That's why I can speak English without a <laughs> Russian accent. <laughs> uh, well, without a strong Russian accent. I, I, I know it's there, but um, uh, people don't always guess I'm from Russia. They think I'm Swedish or Scandinavian, mm-hmm. but they, they don't necessarily think I'm Russian when they speak to me. Yeah, so I became a qualified um, uh, language specialist. I could teach English as a foreign language uh, and German as well. Uh, but I chose to work as a translator and interpreter, and I loved my job. I did not become an artist because I hated my job. I loved my job, and I was thinking of um, going to a more advanced level to take special courses in simultaneous interpretation and take it to a new level and maybe take up another language. But uh, my life changed uh, quite unexpectedly for me uh, when I got my one of my first. I tried a few jobs uh, initially. I tried to work in an office as a t- translator, which was rather boring. Uh, so I wanted a more dynamic job where I could meet native speakers, English-speaking people. I was living in Moscow at the time. English-speaking people every day and not sit on the same chair in the same office every day, move around and do something really interesting. I had a strong interest in art history, so I, I took some additional training and um, uh, became a a guide and an interpreter in the National Museums in Moscow. And that would have had, a, I'm sure, a, a very sort of strong uh, influence on, on where you went next. And we'll come to that in just a minute. But I, I'm intrigued by uh, the linguistic side that you're talking about and the languages, mm-hmm. because, you know, being an interpreter, it's not just about that word means that word means that word, oh, no. because there's it, all the nuances and there's expression in it. Then do you think that perhaps uh, gave you a better understanding of people in, in order to then be able to, at a later stage, maybe even bring that into your work because you don't just paint people as if they're, they're photos, you capture them as a person, Absolutely. don't you? When I was uh, um, trained to be an interpreter, um, we did not just study language. It was a uh, language and culture and country studying was a big block of subjects. And I, I knew everything about Great Britain before I even came to this country for the first time. We studied history of Great Britain, um, literature, culture, how the country works, how elections work, how education works, how uh, the the people's uh, sort of um, habits, everyday life. Because when you interpret, you don't just translate word for word. You need to understand the, the read between the lines and understand the meaning uh, and 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 the, the connotation is the word. The, the uh, not just what's said, but what's meant, but what people say as well to successfully interpret. Um, it's it's a it's a fascinating um, field to work in, and and then I worked with people in museums, which was really interesting too. Uh, I was meeting new people almost every day, uh, or I would spend two three days with the same uh, group of people, for example, uh, which gave me a lot of experience of uh, of. Um, understanding people, dealing mm-hmm. with them. And I think it helps me in my career as a portrait artist because as a portrait artist, you need to be, you mean, you need to be a good psychologist uh, to, to um, um, feel your subject, to, to understand their emotions, to, to, to um, 
uh, and also you need to be a people-friendly person, mm-hmm. person that people want to spend time with. Because they come to my studio, it's a, it's a one-to-one time. You know, they 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 need to feel comfortable to be around me, and I think my my background helps me in that. Yeah, I can imagine. And obviously, we mentioned the music, and this is of course our music-based show. And so I've asked you to to give us five examples of music, which I know is very difficult for you. But your first very choice difficult. was probably the most difficult because it's an artist that you absolutely love, and you said that you poured over which song to choose <laughs> of this particular man. Uh, tell me who it is and which song you've chosen. It's George Michael. I'm a big fan of George Michael. And when when you gave me the task to choose five tracks, I just wrote five songs by George Michael. And then <laughs> this is it. We're going to play George Michael for an hour. But then I thought maybe it would be not fair on 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 the listeners if if they don't share my enthusiasm. And it was hard to choose a particular track uh, because I love so many songs by George Michael. I chose a song that's called an an easier affair. Um, because because I love the the mood of the song, I love the melody and the lyrics are very powerful and I thought it would set uh, set the right tone for the program. Mm-hmm. Let's listen to it. This is George Michael and Easier Affair. George Michael with a very interesting message there. That's one of his songs, uh, An Easy Affair, as chosen by our studio guest this afternoon, Svetlana Cameron. And Svetlana, before we move on, I just want to say, I hadn't heard that song before, I have to admit. The lyrics are very strong and he's actually being very brave in that song. I hadn't realised he'd written a song Mm. about his background, about coming out, about what what he'd been through. So it's very powerful and again, all about expression. If you sum up the meaning of that word of that song, um, it's about freedom. Mm-hmm. He says, "I don't have time for the haters and just having a good time, enjoying my life." And 
And I think it's it's a great message. It's um, you know it's very important, and and um, I can. Uh, I, I love that song. Yeah. It's an interesting you say you don't have time for the haters because you have, uh, have to be very brave in putting your work out there because, of course, as soon as you put work out there, and especially in the time that we live in mm-hmm. with the internet, you are potentially opening yourself up to, to review. How do you cope with that? Um, well... Fortunately, I have a lot of good feedback <laughs> that makes me feel very good. But every now and again, I do um, face criticism regularly, actually, uh, uh, from all sorts of people who um, say this is so last century, it's been done. It's What's the point? What's the point of making a a portrait with a perfect likeness of the person why not just take a photograph you know all, all the this usual criticism that realist painters um face but uh it's um uh, it doesn't bother me <laughs> i'm happy to do to what them? i do do you ever respond to them or do you just sort of let it be um when it's uh when when somebody talks to me directly of course i have to respond to that if it's just floating somewhere online i can ignore it and then just get on with it and then like george michael says don't have time for that (laughs) which is true i don't have time for that i'm very busy (laughs) she really is and we'll be finding out a lot more about svetlana cameron and what it is that keeps her busy uh, coming up just after this break the nation station Women Today. It's just coming up to 25 minutes past two. You are listening to Women Today. We have a special Conister Rocks programme this afternoon and we are joined by the artist Svetlana Cameron. Um, Svetlana, what was life like for you as a child then? Because as we mentioned before, you did travel around a lot. Um, You were born in Russia though. So what was that sort of travelling around like? Just give us a little bit of a flavour. Uh, the reason I travelled around a lot because my dad was in the army, in the air force, and uh, uh, the, the the pilots they get they get moved around a lot. So we we lived wherever my dad was sent. Uh, the first place was Latvia. This is where I spent the first seven years of my life. Uh, then we were in Czechoslovakia for five years. Uh, the first three years were in Slovakia, and then two years in Czech Republic, not far from Prague. Uh, so that's the first 12 years of my life. And by the time we returned to what was Soviet Union then, uh, it was just the year before. Uh, no, it was less than a year. It was actually just before it all disintegrated. So I did not grow up in the Soviet Union as such. We were visiting, going to visit grandma every summer. But uh, my life was slightly different from a typical uh, child growing in the Soviet Union at the time. So what, what was it like having to move? Because presumably then you went to various different schools. What was that I like? Because did, you sort of, you yes. could form friendships, then you'd have to yeah. leave. And then we went, when we moved to Russia, we moved three more times before my parents finally settled and my dad retired. So I went to five different schools mm. by the time I, I, I reached 18. And it seemed like totally crazy at the time. And my parents were very concerned about how it was going to affect me and my brother. I have a younger brother. Uh, but I think now looking back at my life, I think it, it was actually good for me because I think it made me very adaptable. I I can move easily and I continued moving in my grown up life. I've moved three times. 
And I, I'm not intimidated by the prospect of moving to a new town or a new country. Uh, and um, I'm so used to meeting new people. I, I don't feel intimidated. I can walk in, in a room full of strangers and, and not feel uncomfortable about it. And it's great. I love it. Because so you it, it was to do it, that a lot it, now. Uh, yeah, it, it, I was fine in the end. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I actually did well academically at school. It didn't, it didn't uh, affect my... Um, you know my progress at school so it was fine but it was a lot of packing unpacking and moving every two three years um and when um and then when we moved back to uh, what was soviet union then as i said uh, the, the, the moment when it collapsed and disintegrated and back into 15 republics it happened when i was on the train we were traveling from south of russia to the very very north where my we were going to live uh, it took us about three days. <laughs> yes. Uh, so my, my mom and dad relocated to the very north of Russia near Finnish border. It's a very, 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 the northern coast of Russia, beyond the polar circle. Um, and uh, they left me and my brother with my um, my mom's family. Uh, so they would go and settle there. And then, and then my aunt was bringing us back. She and we, we we boarded the train still in the Soviet Union and two and a half days later when we got off my dad said you know the country stopped to exist <gasps> and we thought he was joking uh, it was that strange moment I, I, I didn't take it seriously it's like like when the referendum happened last year and people couldn't believe Brexit uh-huh. was happening you know it was the same kind of feeling no it, it, can it be reversed you know you're joking uh, but uh, you know things began to unfold and you realize it's not a joke it's happening and and um, the 90s were um, very chaotic time um, mm-hmm. not really not really the best time uh, uh, it was really hard to to for people to adjust to the new reality because the, the economy was really in, in destroyed uh, then <clears throat> But, you know, uh, we survived and, and the country is doing actually very well now. Every time I, I go every year and it's changing for the better every year, I, I, I'm quite happy to go and see how life has um, progressed there. Yeah, but that was that hi- historic moment that I remember. So I, I've lived through that and, uh, you know, the, the unions get formed and then they disintegrate and this is life and and uh, it's amazing that I was there at the time and it, it, it actually changed an awful lot of things in your world uh, for various different reasons and it actually brings us into your next song because one of the things that was changed uh, with the whole sort of development in the in in the country was music music yes it was music it was uh, it was everything it was uh, uh, things that appeared in shops and you know the the the, the uh, when we grew up uh beh- behind the iron curtain we were only exposed to what we the government was allowed to us to see and hear and and i grew up with very very different music from from what you heard when you were a child so when in nine in in the 90s um the iron curtain fell and 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 all this uh the 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 new things from the west just poured into the country and all this abundance of music like avalanche of western music the rock pop uh, all, all the previous big stars from the 70s 80s that I was not familiar with um, uh, like like the Queen for example which mm-hmm. will lead us to my next choice I when I heard 
Freddie Mercury for the first time. He was already not part of the Queen. He was already Freddie Mercury, and and it was one of his latest songs. It was just mind blowing. I never heard anything like that <laughs> in my life, and um, uh, that was a, a a big discovery. The Western music, uh, and uh, there was a sense of novelty which you wouldn't have had by then. You probably would have heard Freddie Mercury hundreds of times. <laughs> but for me, it was a new artist and it, it had a really strong effect on me. So that's why I chose the next song as um, the Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? Caught in a landslide No escape from reality Open your eyes, look up to the skies and see. I'm just a poor boy, I need no sympathy. Because I'm easy come, easy go, little high, little low. Anyway, the wind blows, doesn't really Absolutely genius Queen and Bohemian Rhapsody there. The next choice of music from our studio guests this afternoon, Svetlana Cameron. Sadly, you don't have time to play the whole thing, but I think you all know it back to front anyway. Thanks very much to Tim, who just sent in a message to say there is a delay in Rally Isle of Man. As a result, and with schools finishing shortly, Stage 10, which is the Clanner Road, which is roads in and around St Mark's, has now been cancelled. So Stage 10, which is Clanner Road, which is roads in and around St Mark's, has now been cancelled.
so roads will reopen in the next 10 minutes. Thanks very much to Tim, uh, Tim for letting us know about that. But we are joined in the studio this afternoon by artist Svetlana Cameron, who is uh, sharing information about her life, her background, how she got into art, and also those pieces of music, which is always interesting to hear. Uh, you say, Svetlana, that you were drawn to portraiture, pardon the pun, uh, from the very beginning. I wonder why, what is it about that particular sort of format and medium that, that interests you? I I don't know why I was drawn to portraiture, but I, I felt it very clearly when I started working in museums. Even as a child, when I was looking at reproductions of artworks and books, I I always stopped and looked at portraits for longer than other uh, types of artworks. And then in the museums, I I I really loved the holes with portraiture, and I I read a lot about portrait artists. And uh, so when I started drawing. My natural desire was to learn how to draw faces. And I remember the first book that I bought, uh, the art instruction book, was Teach Yourself How to Draw Beautiful Portraits or something like that. <laughs> so I was, uh, it was still a hobby at the time. Um, and uh, uh, I started taking art lessons. Uh, I was about 22, I think. Uh, Still, I wanted to develop as an as a hobby. I, I didn't think I, I would be able to do it as a career. I didn't need to have it as a career because I had a career. Uh, I had a job and, and I loved it and everything. Uh, but uh, when I started taking art lessons, my teacher told me I had an ability. And he said, you know, you, you're, you are gifted. It's not often that you see that in people, but you're, you're gifted but not trained. That was the expression that if you, if you want to develop it, um, you need to go through proper training and then you can have it as a serious hobby or turn it into a career. It's up to you. But you, you need to work on this. And uh, that encouraged me. And um, I, I, had, I was very fortunate. I came across an artist who was trained at the Florence Academy of Art. Uh, it's a 19th century classical technique, um, similar to what uh, was practiced in France at the time. You know, the private atelier, the master, the the, the students, uh, drawing from plaster casts, copying old masters, working with life model all the time. So it was proper foundation for my my future development. And and uh, I it just reinforced my understanding that. Uh, uh, reinforced my um uh how can i say i i just realized that portraiture is what i want to do you so had a my, real my, conviction, yeah, real conviction yes so yeah. when i decided to go to florence to take an advanced course i specialized exclusively in portraiture i did not uh do anything else i uh um and um and then we moved to the Isle of Man. So my career, actually, the, the actual art career, started here in the Isle of Man 12 years ago. So I had all this wonderful, beautiful training elsewhere, but I started um, actually practicing everything I had learned before. And interestingly, in the Isle of Man. And interestingly, I was mentioning to you off air that I think the first time we actually met was I think might have been one of your early exhibitions, which ties back into your love of music. It was my first big exhibition. It was your first. Well, it was. um, (laughs) It ties into your your love of music and your background with music because actually what you'd done is you had given certain paintings to different musicians and asked them to write a piece of music. Is that right? Because I remember Christine Collister did uh, Morning Light. No, it was the other way around. Right. Okay. Christine chose my artwork. She didn't know me. Uh, and she saw my artwork online. I think uh, she wanted to write a 
an album of songs inspired by Manx or Manx resident right. artists. Yeah. So she probably did her homework and looked all the websites and went through Sale Gallery to and and, and she selected twelve artworks and one of them was my mine. Uh, and she wrote a beautiful, absolutely beautiful song called Morning Light um, that was uh, named after my artwork with the same title, mm -hmm. Morning Light. And then she emailed me and said, uh, hello, Svetlana, you don't know me, but I'm a musician, Christine Collister. I'm currently in Los Angeles. I wrote a song inspired by my artwork. Would you like to hear it? I was amazed. I said, of course. So she sent me the song. It was absolutely beautiful. And... Um, I, Christine asked permission to use the image of my artwork on the album cover uh, and uh, I asked her permission to play her song at my exhibition next to the artwork uh, and I think it worked beautifully because uh, uh, I remember people were coming and they were standing in front of the actual original artwork and listening to Christine mm -hmm. Collister's song through the headphones. I remember and, doing that uh, myself. It was very special, very, yeah. um, I love that. And that's where it all began, which is fascinating to hear. Now, moving into your next piece of music, which is someone who you've actually become quite friendly with over the years, and you also met her, I think, on the Isle of Man. On the Isle of Man, yes, it's Katie Meller, my next choice. I, <clears throat> I heard Katie's songs for the very first time um, about a decade be before I met her in the Isle of Man. She was, she just uh, made her name. She became a big, big hit worldwide. And, and I remember uh, my, um, in the studio when I where I was taking art lessons, uh, there was always background music played and Katie's songs were a big part of my, of my life then when I was uh, learning how to draw. So that was when I discovered her, and then um, ten years later, I met her here on the island, and we met a few times. It was mainly the charity events through her, the charity that she's a patron of, and then um, last year she uh, she actually visited me in my studio, which was amazing. Um, and she has a very strong interest in visual arts, and we had a long, long chat for about an hour and a half about art, about music, and we were comparing. Um, uh, different approaches because she writes songs and I create visual uh, art and uh, we discovered we had a lot in common I mean we artists and musicians in, in uh -huh. general it's all art at the yes, end of the day yes, you have the idea you have the medium you have the composition you, you, you know what you want to achieve and and they express it in music and we express it in, in, in the visual form uh, so there are differences but there's so much uh, similarity I, I was amazed and so it had to be Katie Miller and this is the song I really love it's called The Flood Back to where they
little piece there of Katie Mellower's song, The Flood, uh, which was a, the next choice of music by my studio guest this afternoon, Svetlana Cameron, friend of the stars. And we'll have more chat with Svetlana Cameron just coming up after this break. The Nation Station, Radio. Women Today. You are listening to Women Today. It's uh, just 2.47 now. We're talking with Svetlana Cameron. And just off air there, Svetlana, we were talking about how exceptionally busy you are because you do have sort of a backlog of commissions, don't you? That I think, is it two or three years worth? Something like that. It's hard to tell exactly because I don't know exactly how long each artwork will take, but it's roughly about two years. Um, Oh, my word. (laughs) So, okay, I have to ask you, what is on your easel right now? On my easel right now is um, is an amazing project. It's uh, the most high-profile commission I have ever received so far. It's the ceremonial portrait of the head of the Royal Artillery Regiment in England. My word. It's a large, full-length military portrait of um, uh, one of the most senior military people in Britain. Um, uh, and um, it's... Um, it's my first military commission, actually. Very exciting. Um, after completion, it'll go to the permanent collection of the Royal Artillery Regiment and will hang in a really beautiful building in Wiltshire, in the headquarters. Um, and um, I- I've been there a couple of times, went at the beginning uh, to see the venue where my portrait will hang. And they have a really nice, really amazing art collection uh, because the regiment is 300 years old. Um, they had a lot of, um, um, they have a lot of portraits there that were done by artists who lived in the 18th, 19th century. And they have paintings by such artists like uh, Franz Winterhalter, who was one of the best portrait painters in his time and and George Frederick Watts for example so my painting will hang next to them (gasps) in the same building I'm painting the 31st master gunner uh, and um, the tradition started back in the 17th century and has been unbroken since then Um, master gunner is the link between the regiment and the queen the queen is the captain captain general uh so the Queen is the head of the regiment and he's the second person under the Queen. Which so, is so are we trying to say that you never know in the future you might get to paint the Queen? <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know. No, I, I, I'm not going to comment on that. But uh, uh, I'm, I'm very honoured to have this uh, very prestigious commission. And it, the thing is, I've noticed with your work, you do enjoy not just it's not just about the faces. You really enjoy painting the detail of the clothing and all the, and something like this yes, with the military. Yes, you must I really be looking forward to that. Where I mm. think it's evident in my work. Mm-hmm. Whoever, if people have seen my works, they they would know I love costumes. I, there are two two passions in my. I love painting people and I love painting beautiful costumes and uh, with elaborate uh, designs. I, I even for private portraits of of children, I choose clothes with embroidery with lace. Uh, I, I I love that. And uh, I think I'm very suited for official portraiture because um, the ceremonial wear is very elaborate and very beautiful. And I think it needs to be captured well for for posterity. Um, Which you have done, of course, with President of Timworld and various other dignitaries as well, which you've become very known for. Yes, yes. uh, And... Yeah. We did talk before um, we came on about whether or not you, you had music in your studio. And the next piece of music that we're going to hear is something that you said you could potentially have on because the likes of Enigma you really enjoy listening to. Just just yeah. tell us a bit about the music that you do listen to in your studio. I do listen to music all the time, but um, 
When I work in my studio, I'm very particular about what kind of music I play. I cannot listen to pop or rock or anything energetic, upbeat, uh, loud. It distracts me. It, I, I need to, My work is very detailed and, and requires a very, very um, deep concentration. Um, so I like the music that creates a certain mood and and and, and um, in, enhances my concentration, not not distracts me from from my work. So it's it quite often it's music without lyrics. It's either instrumental music or uh, I listen to a lot of classical music, which people uh, would probably expect classical with the traditional is, is, is a lot. I play that a lot. Uh, and then, uh, if it's not classical, it's something like uh, chill out tunes. And Enigma is a good example. I, I love Enigma, and I've listened to it a lot in the past. And every now and again, we go back to it and start all over again. It just creates this this um, amazing atmosphere that's very suited for my. Um, it, it helps me to achieve the right frame of mind. Let's and hence your, your next track, which is uh, Simple Obsession. Yeah, Simple Obsession, uh, it's, it, maybe it's not a very typical example of Enigma, but I thought it would suit our program better. So Andrew Donald, the voice of Enigma, lovely voice, love it. Let's listen to it. is Andrew Donald and Simple Obsession which is uh, the penultimate track uh, chosen by my studio guest Svetlana Cameron we'll hear what the final piece of music is after this The Nation Station Manx Radio Women Today. You are listening to Women Today and my guest this afternoon is the award-winning artist and living master Svetlana Cameron. (laughs) Svetlana, I could talk to you for another hour. I can't believe we're almost out of time. But what people want to know is where they can see your work next. And you do have a public exhibition coming up, don't you? I do, yes. Um, It's it's going to be a small exhibition, but it's going to represent the highlights of my portfolios about eight best pieces that won awards and and, uh, critical acclaim in various competitions. I'm showing them in London uh, in in the very prestigious area near Bond Street um, um, Underground Station, not far from Oxford Street. It's the Neville Johnson and Tom Howley showroom, the the luxury bespoke interior companies. We decided to do like a little experiment and to, to show the work not not in a blank wall in in an art gallery, but actually in a in a nice interior, and uh, we're going to have a nice reception. is It very it feels very much like home. Um, so everyone is welcome. Uh, it's the the artworks will be on display between twenty um, fifth of September and fourth of October, and anyone can come and view them. After that, they will move to a private club, Reform Club in Pall Mall. Um, uh, for a charity evening, it's going to black tie uh, Russian charity event, and I'm I'm 
donating an artwork to raise money for children um, who are um, receiving um, treat cancer treatment. There's a very big charity gift of life, and they invited me to collaborate with them, and I, I'm I'm delighted. I've created a portrait of a world famous ballerina, Russian ballerina Natalia Osipova, and she's going to be the special guest of the evening, and we hope to sell it for a lot of money. Yeah, so that those are very two very exciting London events, and then my artworks will return will return to the Isle of Man and will get exhibited at the Villa Marina, at the Hospice Ball. Mm-hmm. Um, where uh, the people will have a chance to view them and then bid for another auction prize, a bespoke pastel commission that I'm I've given to hospice. So I'm collaborating with two children's charities this this year, and uh, it's all coming up all together very soon. It's going to be a very busy autumn. Very exciting. I think you're going to be busy for the rest of your life, to be honest, Svetlana. (laughs) But it's been an absolute joy talking to you this afternoon. Just remind people about your website and where people can find out more about you. My website is very easy to find, www.svetlanacameron.com. And um, you'll find a lot of information and you can view my artworks. If you don't have a chance to get to the exhibitions, this is the next best place to see them. The final track was Shade, Your Love is King. And um, uh, Shade was the singer that I discovered many years ago when I was still living in Russia. And uh, I played it quite a lot when, when I was studying, working, needed to concentrate. And there was an element of mystery for me because I didn't know anything about her. I didn't know what she looked like. I didn't know even what nationality she was and where what country she was from. I just loved the soulful music that was pouring from my recorder. And uh, and I managed to carry this love of Shadia throughout my life. I, I still love it. Still all the songs that are not new anymore, but I still love hearing them. And I do play it in my studio quite often. And, and I thought it would be a really nice way to finish our program. And for me, that music represents what I love about art. I like understated quiet beauty not flashy not shouting not not trying to grab your attention just just creating beautiful art and showing it and and sharing it with people and um, uh, this is what I like about visual art the classical visual art and uh, uh, that's the kind of music I appreciate and um, I think Shade um, uh, is, is, is a very suitable piece of music to include in our program. I think so too, because you know we have talked obviously about your very traditional art. You, that that's sort of you yeah. really sort of hark back to the masters as we talked about in the show. Um, do you? Is there any sort of modern art or contemporary art that you like, or are you more sort of rooted in your own tastes in that sort of era as well? Uh, there are a lot of wonderful contemporary artists working uh, in the world today uh, in in this country too, and I I do watch them uh, with interest, and I, I'm. I'm not against contemporary art. Some some people think that I'm completely intolerant of contemporary art. No, I I do like quite a lot of it. Um, uh, but um, when it comes to creating my own art, I love classical, um, and uh, uh, it just reflects my my taste. I love classical architecture. I love classical uh, music. I love. Um, um, very traditional clothes, you know. It, it's not just art. It's it's the the. It's just my taste generally. It it's it's me. It's my personality. So, do you ever feel like you're maybe born in the wrong time? I feel that all the time. 
<laughs> Honestly, I think I, I I was born in the wrong century. <laughs> well, speaking of being born, I am conscious, Fetlana Cameron, that you now need to go and do the school run because you are also a mum. Yes. So uh, we should let you go. But again, thank you so much for being with us. And uh, we look thank forward you. to your next masterpieces. Women Today. Don't sit in the slow lane. Join the fast lane right now with Shaw's all-new Superfast Plus Broadband. Enjoy more bandwidth, amazing speeds and the best value on the island from just £23.95 per month. So don't be left behind. Get a piece of the high-speed action with Superfast Plus Broadband from Shaw. For details, visit our stores in Douglas, Ramsey and Port Erin or click shaw.com. Love being Shaw. Terms and conditions apply.